Oh, great job, Chad. That was kind of an unexpected treat. Enjoyed that. <laughs> you guys just have to kind of bear with us a little bit here. See, Jeff gets gone. Everything kind of gets screwy. He'd kill us if he saw this transition going on right now. We were supposed to do it at another point uh, in the service, but you know what? He's not here. We're in charge, so we can do whatever we want to today. But if you were here last week, uh, you got to hear the three J's, as I like to call us, come up on stage. Uh, I'm Jeff. And Jim is back in Florida. Uh, we are three of the elders here uh, at the Grove Church. Uh, we came up, kind of gave you some of our story, kind of some of our life experiences, kind of where we are, why we love this place, why we like to do what we do. I hope you've had time this week maybe to reflect on your story. I kind of challenged you with that last week. Uh, Think about where you are now. What is your story like? Where did your story start? Who's a part of your story? Where does does God fit in your story? Does God fit in your story? Hopefully those are things that you can think about and meditate on throughout the week, but we're in for a special treat today. Uh, We're going to have three, the other guys come up in just a second, our other three elders. Uh, But we decided to do this well, we knew Jeff was going to be gone, uh, but we as elders wanted to put ourselves kind of out in front of you guys, number one, to know who we are, number two, to kind of know more about us, what we're made of. But what we don't want you to think is that we're coming up here in front of you guys as the Grove Church to say, hey, look where we are, look what we do, because we are so far from, from that mindset. We're just humble guys, just like everybody else that's here today. It's just a part of our calling we feel like that God has called us to do to assume the leadership portion of this church. So I don't want you to think that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We're up here with our fingers and our tails saying, look at us, because that's so far from who we are what we say. So at this time, I'd like to have Kirby, Tim, and David to come on up. Uh, if you guys would, give them a hand, please. Another mic that we can up here for you guys. See, everything goes wrong. But after last week, I kind of looked back at what James and, and Jim and I did. I thought, you know, that, that was pretty good, but I, what, what could we possibly do to make this today a little bit more special, maybe, maybe a little bit more exciting? So the questions that you guys got, uh, that's not really the questions I'm going to ask you today to start with. So you better hang on. Number two, uh, you will be able to text questions to these guys today, unlike us last week. So if you want to know anything about these three guys' lives, I'll give you a number in a minute, and you, you can text it up, and I will ask it to them. And the third thing is, uh, the questions that I do have for you guys today, they are right and wrong answers today. So hopefully you, you, you guys will be on the spot. No, but in all serious note, uh, I'm so excited to have these guys up here. I'm so excited to be a part of our elder team here at the Grove. Uh, they'll tell you a little more about themselves in just a second, but David has been here for a while. Uh, David has put a lot of the groundwork into what this place is and what it stands for. And we have Tim in the middle and Kirby on the end. They're two of our, our newbies on our elder team. So we are excited to have that team grow, and we're excited to see this church grow and what it can do. So to start with, guys, uh, 
just as a way of introduction, if you would, just kind of tell everybody who you are, uh, maybe your family, maybe what you do, maybe how long you've been here at this place, and maybe different places you've served here while you were at the Grove. Well, um, I'm Kirby, and I think I've been here five or six years. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of a blur. Um, from Kentucky originally, small college town in central Kentucky, uh, moved down to Knoxville about 10 years ago, um, started kayaking there, and that's kind of what got me over here. So I, I work at NOC, uh, spent a couple years in the gorge, and uh, decided I really, I really needed to kind of work my way out of there and, and try to find a, a good, you know, spiritual Christian family. And, uh, you know, ended up here. And uh, I don't guess I'm going anywhere unless you guys kick me out. So, <laughs> which very well could be the case. We just assume you stay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, I'm married to Erin. She's wonderful. So... <laughs> And I hope she doesn't kick me out, too. So. <laughs> That's it. I'm Tim Warner. Um, yeah, I have my wife, Mindy, out there. And I have two little girls, uh, Natalie and Claire, who frequent. Uh, you'll see them running around. Not Claire so much because she's just at the point where she's starting to crawl. But those are my, uh, those are my two girls. Um, and I think we've been here about three years. We came to, I work for the, the park service here in the Smokies um, and kind of oversee the, the trail work side of the thing. So all the trails in, in North Carolina uh, kind of fall under my purview. There's a lot of them from like 20 mile out in Fontana to, to Cataloochee, um, trees falling on them and bridges that need put in and that's kind of that's kind of my background uh, it's a job that that I really love and have been around a lot of places in the park service uh and happy to come here but um we've been going here about three years I think Mindy uh saw a billboard and then you know talked to uh Angie Danforth and and kind of got invited through a mutual friend and Showed up here. Other places, we kind of looked around a lot harder for churches, and here it was uh, from the get-go, uh, a place where we wanted to be. But uh, we're both pretty active in the, you know, the serving place, uh, whether it be the big events, uh, July 4th, uh, the sand and sauce. Uh, many works with the kids in the back quite a bit, and uh, host teams, uh, men's, women's ministries. So let's try to, I've been to Guatemala a couple times. We're trying to spread it around a little bit. <laughs> She's very wonderful. <laughs> and we just celebrated our uh, sixth wedding anniversary just on Friday, so. I'm David. I've been married to Sandy. She's back there for 28 years, I hope. That's right. <laughs> we have uh, three children, uh, Katie, Ben, and Joey. We have two grandchildren. We've attended here at Grove since the early 90s, and I don't remember the exact year that we started. We've uh, been involved in pretty much anything that's going from at different times from children's ministry. Been an elder for some time. I don't know that I remember how long. <laughs> uh, we uh, enjoy coming here and 
look forward to continue to see you guys here for a long time. Yeah, our, our wives are amazing. I'll just put that out there, too, while, while I'm up here. They are just a tremendous part of our uh, support system and enabling us to do this. But, guys, last week we talked a little bit about uh, kind of a moment in our lives where we really knew that, that Jesus was real. Uh, that can be anything from uh, you know, a, a big moment to just a small moment, just any time in your life where you looked around and said, hey, God, you know, man, I know you're right beside me. I can feel you. I can sense you. I, I know you're there. So if you could just take maybe just a minute or two just to kind of give everybody one of those just small chapters of your story. Tim, we'll start with you. I thought about this question a lot, um, you know, and I, I think in hindsight, looking back and, and saying, you know, at this point in my life, despite some of my obstinance with God or even, uh, you know, some of my just passive uh, relationship, you know, at different points, um, you look back and I, I think, man, I don't, you know, I can't, I think God was there for everything um, is the realization you come to, even though sometimes I, you know, uh, I didn't maybe want to admit that or, you know, you try running or you, you try going in a different direction and, and getting away from that. Uh, I think in some of those times, uh, one of the places I could always see God and knew God was there. And one of the reasons I still love what I do so much is, uh, and one of the reasons is it's, uh, so great to live in this particular area is just being out in God's creation. Um, I've had the privilege to go to kind of these iconic places in the United States uh, Park Service and work, and I think it's there. Like no matter where I was personally or with God, I I, I never shook that. Uh, you know, I was raised in a Christian family, and and. You kind of go off on your own, and I think your parents, you know, I know my parents, they, they probably prayed their guts out for me because here he is. We did what we, we could, and we trained, and we taught, and he's out there. Um, but that's a place where uh, I could see God, you know, on these mountaintops or, you know, in a river. or the You talk about telling the story of, of yourself and your life, and for me, that's been a big part of it. It's been over a third of my life. Uh, being in the mountains and in the hills and the textures of those places and even the the minutia, uh, these big scale things down to, and I, like God is there and God is in our everyday and these small little small little things and small details and things that we, we try to take time to appreciate. Uh, for me, is a lot of it, but then you know in my personal life as well. Um, you know, last week we went up to visit my nine year old niece. Uh, who has cancer in a hospital, and that's a hard thing to see. But God was there, too. God was with our family, and he's with that little girl, and he's with all those other little kids in that hospital. Um, I think, you know, that that's the other side of it, that human element. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think more and more I recognize that every every day and try to take time and see it. Hard to pick out just a little bit of a chapter of a story sometimes. I remember when I was young, my mother would take me to church pretty much every Sunday. 
pretty much all through my life. There's never been really an extended period of time that I haven't attended church somewhere. When Sandy and I were dating, we talked about how we wanted to make church a part of our life when we got married and God to be an important part of it. So when we got married, we, we attended church. And we did all the things that you're supposed to do when you attend church. You know, even though you fought uh, all the way to church, you walk up the steps holding hands and you sit together and act like you don't want to kill each other. <laughs> we did that for a lot of years. And, you know, I really wanted to be a good husband, but probably, uh, and a father too. There wasn't many ways that you could go about failing at that that I, that I haven't. And uh, I know we're supposed to be telling about a, a moment when God was real. I guess it was about 1996. I had tried about everything that you could possibly try to, on my own to achieve what only God can do. And I remember being at, you know, pretty much the lowest point you could possibly be at spiritually and pretty much having having it out with God. I was at home alone, and I remember saying to God, you know, if this is what church is, if this is what serving you is really about, is pretending to be something I'm not, I just quit. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And in that moment where I really met the real Jesus Christ, trying to quit, I ran headlong into him. What I learned was that there is unconditional forgiveness. It's hard to understand, but I learned that from God, and I learned that from my wife as well. And uh, what I, the, the moment that sticks out more than anything else to know that God is real is I, I'm a testimony that the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, is a God who into restoring what we've thrown away. Um, I, I guess the chapter of my life would be uh, maybe the first chapter, coming to Christ. Um, I, uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't know anything about Jesus, and uh, I didn't really care, I guess, um, so kind of coming into my teen years, uh, I really, you know, I'd get into a lot of trouble, you know, just typical teenage rebellious stuff. And uh, uh, I remember kind of once I graduated high school, you know, it seems like everybody had it figured out. You know, they'd either go to college or, or get a job or start a family. And I remember just being so lost and not knowing uh, what life was about and not really seeing any reason to, to go on. So I, I did, I, I, I struggled with depression and, and suicidal thoughts at times. And, uh, you know, my, my lifestyle wasn't really working so well. I was doing a lot of negative things that um, were kind of ultimately kind of destructive. So um, I remember one night I was, I was pretty high and uh, I was I, I was dying or I felt like I was dying. I don't know. You know, some people may call it like a panic attack or, you know, asthma or something. I don't know. Something wasn't right, though. And I remember uh, 
calling out to, to this God who I didn't know and uh, who I'd never wanted to know up until that point. You know, I mean, I, I'd had friends who, you know, were Christians or their parents were, and, you know, they'd try to get me to kind of come to church and stuff like that. But I just hated everything about church. I mean, I, I hated the building, the decor. You know, my, my grandparents were Christians, and they would try to get me to, to go, and it just seemed outdated and, you know, not relevant and um, into the idea that it's just an institution that tries to control people by fear. You know, I couldn't see past any of that, and I wasn't willing to. But, you know, this particular night, I, I remember crying out to God and uh, saying, you know, if, if you're real and, you know, then show up. I need help. And I remember kind of going, you know, I, something happened. I, I, I did feel something tangible, and uh, I kind of remember maybe jumping back from it a little bit and, you know, I went to sleep. I woke up the next day, and I remember looking on my walls, all these posters of these great guitar players and stuff. I was, you know, really into music, and uh, that was probably the defining part of my life. And uh, I remember thinking, well, I, you know, last night I almost died, and, you know, Jimi Hendrix didn't show up to help me, you know, and, uh, you know, neither did Jimmy Page or any of these other. I mean, it was probably one of my first... Uh, revelations that, you know, this was idolatry. You know, I was worshiping these these people and these things and just doing my own thing. So that started me on my journey, which ended up about, you know, two or three years going through different religions, um, through uh, New Age and uh, Eastern mysticism, uh, Native American. I mean, I traveled around, you know, did sweat lodges, went to schools, uh, studied, you know, learned, um, drove my family crazy, I think, you know, talking to trees and animals and all kinds of stuff, you know. And, um, I remember at one point, uh, you know, still, still struggling with significance and depression and, and suicide and trying to find answers. And, um, yeah, I, I met this guy who... He uh, he engaged me in, in a way that nobody else had before. You know, he wasn't my nagging grandma trying to get me to come to her her church. You know, to make me feel bad about myself. It was a guy who engaged in a real dialogue and conversation about the claims of Christ and, and who he said he was and why he said he came. And we exchanged books. I was actually trying to convert him and his family to paganism. And uh, I guess I didn't realize that that went both ways because ultimately it did backfire on me. I mean, I was forced to look at Jesus uh, for who he said he was, and um, I wrestled with that for quite a long time. And I, I think ultimately I came to the conclusion that I was in desperate need of a, a savior, a Messiah, you know. And the thing about these other religions and philosophies is that they weren't all that bad, you know. I mean, in, in some respects, as far as, you know, living practically and, and, you know, good ideas about, you know, how to treat other people. And, um, but they were devoid of a Messiah, you know. And, and I think ultimately I came to that conclusion that I was in desperate need of one because nothing else was working. I was still you know, the same person with the same dilemma, so. And there wasn't, like, fireworks or anything like that. I mean, there wasn't lightning flashing from the sky. I mean, it, 
it was just a really solid conviction and coming to terms with the fact that I, this whole time, I wasn't even sure. It's almost like maybe I knew that Jesus was who he said he was the whole time, and that's why I wasn't willing to investigate. I even thought at one point, I'm like, man, I'm out here hugging trees, you know, and I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like uh, anything but Jesus, you know, give me anything but Jesus. So uh, that, you know, I think that kind of spoke to the, the place I was at. So, I mean, but since I've, since I've uh, you know, that was in my early 20s. I mean, I, I've been following him for a while now. It's not always been good, you know. It's been a little ugly, actually. But he's very gracious and kind, so. I think we all have those ugly moments in our life. We're all willing to look back and admit that. Uh, Dave, you're kind of one of the founding fathers here of this place, so to speak. <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, what is the draw to this place for you, David? What, what has kept you here so long in your commitment and your fervor for this place? Earlier this morning, Beth came in and said if I had a question I couldn't answer, she'd answer it for me. The attraction for this church for me is that it's a place where we can be real. We don't have to wear a mask. We don't have to pretend to be somebody we're not. It's a place where all kinds of different people with different ideas can explore Jesus Christ for who he is. And I saw over the years a community form of people that actually loved each other and loved God and that's exciting and uh, I guess the thing that I like most about the Grove is we try to you know don't try to we we use the Bible as our standard for what we do here at church we we don't add to it or take away from it this church has been a church one of the I haven't been involved in a lot of churches but we attempt uh, to hold each other accountable to what God's word says. And sometimes that's been, we've made a mess of that, but, you know, I, I like that. I like to know that there's people sitting out there that care enough about me that would, would say something to me in a loving way if, if I was in the wrong. There's a couple people in the New Testament that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. They were two people who came to Jesus sort of in an obscure way. They, maybe they wasn't ashamed of him, but they didn't really want their friends or their peers to know that they had been talking to Jesus. To make the story short, in the end, after Jesus had been crucified, those are the two men that uh, took him off the cross and put him in the tomb. And, uh, you know, that probably was a pretty messy, dangerous job. They probably, was no doubt that they had been in the presence of Jesus. So they probably had Jesus all over them by the time they got that done. And I've noticed here at the Grove, the people that go here that have been here when we involve ourselves in what Jesus called us to do in this community, it's usually ugly, it's usually messy, 
usually end up with a bunch of stuff all over you, and it usually don't smell real good. But I'm glad this is a church that doesn't care to take on those tasks. And I know there's many more that lay ahead of us, and I look forward. That's what keeps me here at the Grove, is knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt, this is where God wants me. You know, it's, it's kind of strange because I know when, when I was approached about becoming an elder, it's not always one of those deals to where, you know, somebody says, you know, maybe Jeff says, hey, man, what do you think about becoming an elder? And you immediately say, yeah, man, where's the application? I want to fill that. I'm, I'm gung-ho. I'm ready to go. And I think last week from James, we heard a little bit about kind of that process. Uh, it, it's something that, that I know all of us as, as guys put a lot of thought, a lot of prayer into. Uh, it's not a decision that any of us took lightly. Tim, I know for you, it, it was kind of a wrestling match a little bit. Uh, it was something that, that you definitely, you know, sought God for. Uh, kind of give us a little insight maybe into that process and maybe why you ultimately decided to, to give in and say yes. I think uh, for me, one of the kind of backstories, we started going here and, you know, I came to North Carolina purely for a job. Um, you know, we wanted to take care of my family. It was a, going from a seasonal kind of lifestyle to a, a permanent one here. Uh, you know, and I wasn't, you know, Mindy and I were looking for a church, but, you know, more out of like, hey, we feel like we should do this. Um, you know, we have a kid on the way. We were both raised in those type of family. We need to teach, you know, teach them about Jesus and, and God. Uh, and then kind of the, the grove came along. Um, and a lot of echoing a lot of the things that, you know, like uh, the David has said, but it, it, it's one of those things, uh, you know, I, I joined men's group. And then after after doing men's group, uh, you know, someone asked me, hey, do you want to help lead? And I told Mindy, hey, they, you know, they asked me to help lead. And Mindy's like, you? Huh? <laughs> like, uh, like, thanks, honey. Um <laughs> And then I think that's kind of the reaction I had when uh, Jeff approached, you know, he's like, hey, you know, your, your name's been raised as an elder. And I'm like, me? Uh, I don't know if you guys, you know, n know who I am. I'm, you know, I'm a pretty messed up person. And I think anytime, you know, like we're privy to, you know, and I said this in one of the videos at one point, we're privy to our, our frailties, we're privy to our, our weaknesses. Uh, uh, and I think that's one of the things you see, but there's, there was also Bible verses that accompanied kind of the, you know, the background. And I had uh, conversations with Jeff and he kind of ran me through, you know, some of the, some of the, the things and the criteria. And if I had questions, uh, and I said, well, you know, let me sit on this one and let me pray about it. And uh, throughout that process, because it, 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 it's, it's not just me. It's, uh, you know, you're, you know, like even becoming a father. Like I want to do the right things for my family. I want to do uh, the right things, you know, and bringing up my daughters. I want to... Uh, and it's the same thing for the larger family of this church. And I didn't want them to get a bunch of, like, damaged goods. And, you know, like, 
you know, you know, what's Tim doing? So it was that self-examination. I think it's important. I think that's one of the things that, you know, it hits me again and again is uh, if, if it's self-reflection and it's going through and it's saying, is this, is this where I need to be? Do I have, you know, like, am I the leader that I need to be of my family, let alone, you know, like go beyond that? Uh, and you do know, like, there's sometimes you get down in, into the guts of it. Um, and so I talked to, you know, talked to several people beyond Jeff. I talked to, you know, some of my mentors, uh, in faith. And I talked to, you know, guys like Doug Hester, you know, about it and, um, you know, who I work with a lot and, and with the men's group and things and, uh, was able to start processing, you know, some of these, some of these things. And it is something that I, I take very seriously. Like if, uh, you know, like your relationship with Christ needs to be the most important thing in your life. And I had to look at that. And, and granted, there's still struggles. And, uh, you know, there, there's points where, like, I'm disappointed. And, you know, like, there's points where I think I probably do more damage than I would like. Uh, and that's part, I think, uh, the humanity of it. But you don't think I would be worried about the guy that came up and said, about time you asked me to be elder, you know, like, well, I was wondering, I was wondering when I'll get my application in, in, in tomorrow. Um, and I think we have to self-reflect, you, you know, like you learn from those mistakes, you have to be accountable uh, for our actions. And that's one of the things I've, I've really loved about this, this place is, is getting to know people and becoming more accountable and saying, yeah, where we are messy and, you know, it's not always good. And, Sometimes we're going to have to deal with some things that we don't want to do. do. And, and I started looking into the Bible, and it's like, man, how many people, like how many characters that we see in the Bible that, that we're trying to, to run or trying to, you know, like God used all kinds of, of people. And so I, at that point, I, I, put it, I put it, you know, up to, to God as much as, I, you know, as much as I could and said, God, if you want me to go in this direction, then, you know, take me there. Uh, or if you don't, then, you know, take me there too. I'm, I'm still happy to help. I'm still happy to serve. Uh, so that it is kind of that, you know, you have to look at yourself and, you know, is this, you know, is this, I, I want to be all in and I don't, you know, I don't want to be sitting and, and fake and, you know, trying to, you know, burn my energy and spin my wheels. Uh, and I, and I want to, I do like my heart is serving my family my family family, my biological family, but then also my, my church family and, uh, you know, falling in love with this place called Bryson City uh, um, and then the surrounding area too. One huge aspect of what we believe in here at the Grove is obviously uh, community. And if you know anything about Kirby over here on my left, uh, he has a tremendous just desire and, and passion for not only the community here at the Grove, but our community outside these walls. Uh, so Kirby, if you could kind of talk about your, your passion for that and maybe where you see uh, the direction of our church going as far as just being out there for community. Um, well, I, you know, I, I think the heartbeat of God is for people and for redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very thankful that that he revealed himself to me and came after me and was patient and, and kind with me. And uh, so I, that's what attracts me, you know, to this church. And, you know, I've been to a few churches 
um, in, in, bigger, in bigger towns, you know. And I, having found what I found here, just a, a community of, of real authentic people who are bound in this desire to, to know and love God and, and try to know and love God. And at the same time, you know, reach out and, and um, you know, reach that hand to people. I mean, uh, again, I think that's the heartbeat of, of God. And, uh, you know, that's, I love being out in the community. I think so many of us do. I mean, it's hard not to be. I mean, it's a small town, you know, and it's a wonderful town. I mean, I, uh, I just feel so blessed to be here. And uh, I, I feel like our church is doing some good out there um, in, in so many different ways. And, um, it's just from us being ourselves. And, and I think this place allows us to do that because there's this filter of religion and, and Christianity, especially Protestant Christianity, evangelical, that's a very weird culture to me. Um, and I, I'm not saying it's any less authentic to anyone else, but um, you know, I think there's more people like us who don't fit into that typical mold of a Southern Christian church, and, you know, we've actually caught some flack, you know, for that at times, you know, our band playing, you know, songs out in town that, you know, aren't worship songs, you know, but, um, you know, we're out there and just being who we are and doing what we do, and uh, I think it's, I think it's effective, I mean, I think Jesus was doing that too, you know, and he had a lot of trouble from the religious institution of his time as well. So I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> I'm, I'm rambling. Community, you did a great job. Okay, good. You did a great job. I was actually on autopilot for quite a bit of that. <laughs> Perfect. Couldn't have done any better. So I guess you can see through the last couple of weeks, uh, we're kind of a unique group of guys. We all feel like we bring something, you know, a little bit different to the table. There was a couple other things on here, but uh, I think you guys have, have did an absolute just exceptional job of kind of putting yourself out here in front of everybody and uh, kind of giving us a little glimpse into who you are and kind of the drum maybe that you beat to. So, guys, appreciate it. If you want to, you can, you can head on down. Uh, give them a hand. Uh, if the band would come on up, you guys can get ready uh, to play. I hope what you've seen over the last couple of weeks is that... Uh, Yes, us six guys are elders here at this church, but that is just a role that we play. You know, I look out over you guys sitting here today, and, and I immediately, the word I think of, and I've said it over and over up here before, and when I say it, you'll know why I say it, is team. We're a team. It takes us doing what we do. It takes Jeff and his family doing what they do. It takes these guys coming up on stage each, each and every week doing what they do. It takes the guys in the back working with your children doing what they do. It takes the guys who get up early in the morning to come make the coffee that you're drinking or the, the raspberry lime water that you've drank today doing what they do. It takes the guys in the back back there in the booth doing what they do each and every week. It takes people to come mow. It takes people to come weed. It takes people to come back here Monday through Saturday and try to set this thing up to make this thing go. So we're a team. You know, I think about my football team. If I didn't have my quarterback, where would we be? 
If I didn't have a guy playing left guard, where would I be? If I didn't have the little kids running the ball back and forth on the field, where would we be? So we're a team. And I don't look at anybody here being any higher, being any lower than anybody else. And I hope that's the feeling that you get. No matter what role you play, I hope you feel like it's important because we do. And I hope that you take that role and I hope that you do it as hard as you possibly can. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse number 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead, what do they do with it? They put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, listen to what Jesus tells us to do. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I think about this place, this church. What kind of light are we giving off? How, how, how big is our light? I think we've got a pretty huge light. I like to look at this place as the lighthouse of Bryson City. I think our light shines bright, but it takes each and every one of us here this morning doing what we do, no matter what it is, to make that light shine. So these guys are going to go into a song and it talks about setting a fire. When you think about a fire, I don't think of some little measly little little deal that wouldn't hardly do anything. I think about a, a huge bonfire, uh, something that you pour gas on and it gets big. Well, let's all fill our gas cans up this morning and let's make our fire as big as we possibly can. And let's let this place be a place that people look at and they say, man, what are those guys doing? I want to be what they are. I want to go where they go. I want to do what they do. So hopefully this morning our service has meant a little bit to you. We're not done. Got some good singing left to go. But think about your story. Think about your life. And may God bless you.